Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church and to this service of worship on this Sunday. If you are worshiping with us for what is one of the first times, we want to say a special word of welcome to you. We are delighted that you have chosen to worship with us this morning and we look forward to getting to know you following worship today. If you are a visitor in our midst, we do invite you following worship into the atrium to enjoy some snacks and some time for socializing following our worship service. You're also welcome to stop by the welcome desk where there are folks with bright yellow name tags who are there to greet you, to share information about the life and ministry of this congregation, as well as to gift you with a welcome bag um, that has also um, a small treat, a sign of our gratitude for your presence with us this day. I do invite all of you to find those friendship pads that are located at the end of your rows. And if you would, find them and pass them down the row. We invite you not only to register your presence with us so that we know you were in worship, but also in names of those who are along your pew so that you might greet one another by name personally following our worship service this morning. Another invitation for you and opportunity in worship is to take that prayer card that's in your pew rack. And if you have a joy or a concern that you would like to share with the pastoral staff, a way that we can be in prayer with you and for you in the week ahead, we invite you to fill that out and to drop it in the offering plate at the appropriate time. On the back page of your worship bulletin are announcements about things upcoming in our life together. And one in particular to highlight for you this morning, this summer we are journeying together, looking for all the ways that we find God in the sacred and ordinary spaces of our lives. And this includes gathering together with one another in community. And so there's an upcoming opportunity to do that this Thursday at 7 p.m. Ages and stages of life are invited for socializing and conversation with myself and Allison Cochran. And so details about participating in that opportunity are on the back page of your bulletin. And you should know that due to an enthusiastic response, we are changing locations. Um, so if you are interested in attending that, contact me or my assistant Katie Dollar in the church office, and we'll make sure you have all of the right um, information so that we can join together um, in socializing as a group. Today's theme for worship is fighting with your spouse, passing the peace and the everyday work. I imagine if you are like, your life knows that conflict is a natural part of our daily living. In fact, as I was thinking about our worship today, I was thinking about how I've had the wonderful opportunity of gathering with my family for vacation a couple of weeks ago. And we had a terrific time together. Happened to you and your family? You've never given to anyone in your family? But my families, that happens from time to time. And sometimes the relationships of family life and friendships make it hard to be gentle and patient and kind with one another. But the truth is that we know that loving God and loving neighbor are inseparable. And so we come to worship for patterns, for ways and practices to reorient our lives. And so God gives us the prayer of confession, the passing of the peace, and rituals that help us connect again, not only to God, but to each other. And so as we gather for worship today, settle in, take a deep breath, and let us worship together as we receive the gifts of God's peace. Let us worship holy God this day.
join me in the call to worship. In sleeping and in waking, God is present. In eating and in playing, God is present. In, in losing keys, reading a book, and sitting in traffic, God is present. As we gather for worship, God is present. Let us worship God. Frustration and impatience. We have been slow to 
Remind us that peace is not the lack of conflict, but the presence of love, forgiveness, and mercy. Help us live into the peace of Christ, which rules our hearts. Amen. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. I would like to invite all the children forward for our time together. friends. How are we today? Thumbs up? I see a lot of thumbs up. Awesome. So I've got a question for you. I'm wondering, have you ever gotten mad or gotten in an argument with a friend or somebody in your family? No? None of some of you have never gotten mad. You have? Your sister's saying you have. How did that make you feel? Mad? How'd that make you feel? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we, things happen in our families and they make us mad or sad. And it's okay to feel mad and sad and to disagree. But sometimes when we get mad at the people that we love, sometimes we hurt them or we're mean. And so we have to come back and we have to work on saying sorry. Has anybody had to work on saying sorry? Again, no one. (laughs) Just me. 
Yeah, I think so. I think we all have to work on saying sorry, right? It's hard. Sometimes we forget that loving God and loving Jesus goes with loving other people. That we have to work hard to love the other people in our lives. And so when we come to church, sometimes we do things that help us to love people, even when we're mad and even when we disagree. And one of those things is called the passing of the peace. Has anybody ever heard of the passing of the peace? Maybe. So sometimes in church, one of the worship leaders will say, the peace of Christ be with you. You remember that? Yeah. Somebody says, the peace of Christ be with you. Anybody remember what everybody says in response? They say, and also with you. And it's a way that we share God's love, God's peace with one another. Can, do you think that, that we right here, we could try that? If I say, the peace of Christ be with you, you could say, and also with you. You want to try it? Think? All right. The peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. Yeah, so we do that on Sundays as a way of sharing God's peace with one another. So here's what I think is going to happen today. Why don't, we're going to close in prayer, and then what if we shared the peace of Christ with everybody in worship today? You think that would be cool? All right, well, let's say a prayer together, repeat after me, and then we'll share Christ's peace. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help us to love others too, that we may share your peace. So friends, you may return to your seats, and as you do, you can say hello and peace be with you to somebody near you. You think you can do that? As the children return to your seats, I do invite you to rise in body and or spirit and to share Christ's peace with your neighbors around you. The peace of Christ be with you. Friends, I invite you to find your seats. Thank you for sharing the peace of Christ. And as we prepare to hear scripture, let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your spirit and your word, that in your light we may see light, in your truth we might find freedom and joy, and in following we might find peace. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. As uh, Sarah shared this morning, we are continuing on with our summer theme of this sacred, ordinary life where together we have searched for holy insights and often hiding in those seemingly mundane and 
easily overlooked aspects of our lives, like sitting in traffic, or brushing our teeth, or sharing a meal. Today, I have the privilege of exploring something I'm very familiar with, which is fighting with my spouse. He's here, actually. <laughs> so for guidance, our scripture reading for today comes to us from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Listen now for God's word. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So my husband Alex and I started dating over seven years ago, and this upcoming fall we will have been married for four of those seven years. And so with some rough calculations over the course of our relationships, I believe we've had at least 10,874 fights, <laughs> roughly. During my research on this topic this week, I found one of these lists about the most common arguments that couples tend to have, and not to my surprise, we've checked every single one of these, money, household chores, quality time, romance, our in-laws, parenting, and of course, pet peeves. It seems we're right on track with achieving all of our relationship argument goals. One of the fights we had pretty early on in our relationship while we were still dating was about our perspective on clothes. Yes, you heard me right, on clothes. You see, at the time, Alex was perfectly satisfied to still be wearing jeans that he wore in the eighth grade. <laughs> and let me clarify that these looked like a pair of jeans an eighth grader wore 15 years ago. I, on the other hand, like to stay current with my fashion, and I believe that my clothing choices were an expression of my personality. 
And Alex felt like he was above the commercialism of the fashion industry. I don't know if it was above. But honestly, I, I don't think Alex and I ever came to any sort of consensus as a result of this argument. But I can tell you this, that those genes no longer exist in our house. <laughs> so you can imagine that I was pleasantly surprised and affirmed when I took a closer look at Paul's letter this week. That in our scripture passage, we hear Paul using the same language and imagery of clothing in hopes of helping this diverse and struggling community figure out how they were to get along together. I think Paul would agree with me in thinking that what we wear on our bodies communicates something about who we are, about who we believe ourselves to be to the people all around us. Clothing has the power to be an extension and an expression of some aspect of your life. For example, if you're wearing scrubs or a white lab coat, I would assume you're a medical professional. And nowadays, there are all kinds of t-shirts that you can wear to tell me what sports teams you cheer for, what bands you like to listen to, and where you may have vacationed recently. And if you're like my mother, who would drive me to school with rollers still in her hair, I would know that you're the type of person who didn't care what anyone thought about you before you've had your morning cup of coffee. <laughs> of course, Paul isn't talking about physical clothing. He's talking about virtues and behaviors that we embody through our physical selves. The things that we can do to enable healthy relationships to thrive between us. Paul identifies the key ingredients to maintaining and sustaining a relationship. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Like all faith communities or any communities that have formed over our human history, it appears the church in Colossae is no exception to what all of us are learning all of the time. That relationships are hard, and they're messy, and with enough time, there will be lots of opportunities for fighting. So Paul, Paul gives us this beautiful blueprint for a path forward on how to live our lives together, the lives that we've all been called to, a life within God's beloved community. And yet I think the temptation has been for us to take these lessons from Paul about how to live a good and faithful life as Christians and to oversimplify them to mean that the best way to coexist with one another is to just go along to get along. Especially as a woman and having grown up in the South, I have often been encouraged not to make any waves, not to rock the boat, that by ignoring my feelings or my experiences that this is the best way to keep the peace. 
After all, Paul does say that the new clothes that we are to put on our bodies involves bearing with one another, choosing forgiveness over complaining, allowing love to bind us in perfect harmony, and to be thankful that God has called us together as one family. But I think we all know what happens when we attempt to keep the peace by avoiding conflict altogether. How with each stifled feeling, the pressure of resentment and hurt builds up over time and inevitably, the conflict you tried so hard to avoid ends up exploding in a very messy and uncontrollable way. This is how in relationships we end up having huge fights over little things like an empty milk carton in the fridge or a toilet seat left up again. Or how in churches we decide that this is the time that we stop coming to church because the carpet and the chapel has changed. And also how we end up sometimes projecting all of those unintended emotions on some poor, unsuspecting person in the atrium who was just trying to be nice when they said, how are you doing today? My family had another interesting way of avoiding conflict. You see, my brother, my sister, and I were each two years apart. And so those teenage years in our household, well, they were pretty lively. And my poor dad would try to keep the peace in our house by simply multiplying the things that we would often fight over. The phone line, the TV, the computer. And this worked for some time. It decreased the number of arguments we would have with one another because it decreased the ways that we could engage with each other with each of us having our own devices in our own rooms, our relationships just dried up over this period of time in our lives. And I can't help but wonder if we missed out on an opportunity to learn how to work out our differences with one another and to grow as a family. In his letter, I do not believe that Paul is asking members of this faith community to avoid conflict altogether. I mean, if we look at Paul's own ministry, he himself was certainly a very active party in many theological arguments and disagreements. I think what Paul is offering here is a reminder that through Christ, we have the opportunity to experience the fullness of what human relationships and communities have to offer, of why God created and calls us into them in the first place. That like Christ, we might be with and for each other in this life. That together, God has given us the gift of reflecting God's divine love even through our human bodies. For Christ clothed himself in our humanity to tangibly demonstrate what God's love looks like and feels like here on earth. 
how creatures like us with our human brains and our human hearts have the capacity to experience the mutuality of loving and being loved, of forgiving and being forgiven, how this is the daily and ongoing process of making peace in our lives and in our communities, that this is what it means to build together God's kingdom here on earth. As we practice a little this morning, that in our worship together, we regularly take the time to pass the peace of Christ with one another. It seems like such a simple act, turning to your neighbor, extending a handshake, and offering a word of peace. It's so simple, and yet it is so profound that this is a mutual and continuous exchange of peace that is necessary if we are to build our lives together as a community of faith. That every time we do this, we cling to the truth that no matter how difficult our relationships are, that Christ's peace does rule in our hearts and offers us a way back towards each other. Because the truth is, none of us have been created to go through this life alone. I do want to be clear that, I, that the, what Paul advocates for is not a type of relationship where we have to maintain unity for the sake of unity. I do, do believe that in the face of injustice, of oppression, of suffering, and the abuse of God's people that we are called to do exactly as Christ demonstrated in his own life, that we name that hurt, that pain, and that we work for the transformation of our lives together, even if it means disrupting entire systems and structures that have been in place for a very long time even if it means that we have to draw new boundaries around our relationships. And we do all of that with tremendous love and care for ourselves and for one another. A few months ago, I read an article featuring a Presbyterian church in North Carolina, a church that worked intentionally to move its congregation through a challenging period in its life of faith. White Memorial Presbyterian Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and its 4,000 members often describe themselves as a purple church, a place where people with opposing political views, red and blue, could come together in worship and in discipleship, in service and in fellowship, in 2015, the church found itself at a crossroads with having to decide whether or not they would accept the changes in the denomination stance on the recognition of marriage equality for the LGBTQ community in the church. Up until this moment, this topic was a source of such heated debate in the, in the congregation that its senior pastor had not dared to bring it up 
in the 16 years he had served there until now. So instead of trying to avoid any potential discord, the church decided to create opportunities for discourse throughout the community. Everyone was invited to attend a series of public meetings and conversations with one another. Everyone was invited to write letters to the church to share their individual thoughts and opinions. And every single letter that was sent in received a personal response back, acknowledging and reflecting back what they have heard what each member took the time to share. And this process allowed everyone to know that their presence and that their voice mattered in this community. Eventually, the church held their vote and they chose to adopt a new policy allowing members of the LGBTQ community to marry in the church. As you can imagine, some people celebrated this decision and others did not. Some members eventually left this church, one of whom was a man named Jim Brown. And he left this church, but once he did, he realized how much he missed this place, how much he missed his home, and so he returned. And now reflecting on where the congregation is today, Jim says this, we're probably closer as a church than I have ever seen us. We all come together in the grace of God. I believe what this congregation demonstrated by allowing itself to address a source of conflict head on is the embodiment of a phrase coined by Dr. Brene Brown in her book, Braving the Wilderness. Dr. Brown describes how one of the key daily practices to engaging in authentic relationships is to carry ourselves with a strong back, a soft front, and a wild heart. A strong back, a soft front, and a wild heart. What she is saying is that it takes a tremendous amount of courage, vulnerability, and trust to live into the truth that we belong to one another. And this isn't an easy mantle to take on. But if we look around us, I think we know it's one that we cannot afford to give up. When we are willing to choose love and to find a way to make peace in our relationships, even if the path to peace is straight through conflict, we honor the gifts of God's love through Christ, which reconciles and redeems all things under God. And sometimes, even when we're being stubborn and we're reluctant to make peace in our lives, God can still do wonders when we come into God's presence. A few months ago, Alex and I had another one of our many, many fights. And we had to pause in the middle of this one to get dressed 
and to show up for a friend's wedding. <laughs> and so as we sat in the pews, the liturgy of this service started slowly chipping away at the wall that I had built up between us. It softened my grip on my anger and my hurt. And as we sang songs and heard, heard scripture and witnessed the courage of two individuals proudly standing before all of their friends and family to publicly promise to love each other, come hell or high water, which will come. All of it reminded me of the promises that I made not too long ago, to honor and to love Alex as my husband, in plenty and in want, in sickness and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, in joy and in sorrow, as long as we both shall live. And I cannot help but to long for our own experiences as we gather together each Sunday for worship together, to have the same experience that this wedding had on me and Alex. That for the songs we sing, in the liturgy we recite together, and the word proclaimed to break down the walls that have built up between us over time. What, what would it take to remind ourselves of our baptismal vows, to remember God's claim and hold on our lives, and the promises that we as a community made to one another to guide and nurture each other by word and deed, with love and prayer. What would our world look like? What would our lives look like if during this sacred time we share together each and every single week that our walls could come down just far enough so that we could see each other the way Christ sees us, with compassion, with kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and with unending love. All glory and honor and thanks be to God. Amen. Having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us rise in body or in spirit and affirm what we believe. God created human beings with a need for community and with freedom to enter into it by responding to their maker with grateful obedience and to one another with love and helpfulness. We believe that we have been created to relate to God and each other in freedom and responsibility, since every human being is made for communion with God and others, we must treat no one with contempt. We are to respect and love all other people and ourselves as well.
You may be seated. As we prepare to pray as one voice for our church and our community and our world, I would invite you to take note of those joys and concerns that are listed on the back page of your bulletin, that you might remember those members and friends in your prayers in the days ahead. We also, as is our custom at Preston Hollow, invite you following worship to sign the care letters that are underneath the windows on the tables just through the doors to your left. Those letters are mailed to folks who are celebrating um, moments of great joy in their life or who are um, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And so we invite you um, to add your signature to those letters as a way um, of contributing a word of prayer and hope um, and celebration with those folks at this time. We do have um, a couple of celebrations and joys just to add this morning. Our senior high left yesterday for um, the annual youth conference in Montreat, North Carolina. And so we um, remember them and that group as they um, travel on a very large charter bus. We also remember their leaders. Um, but we pray for them and for, um, for a wonderful week of um, faith and enrichment as they are away. We also remember and celebrate um, both with our choir and with Reverend Matthew Ruffner. The choir is singing at St. Giles and Matthew is preaching. And so we remember them and their um, time and the gifts of music and song and word that they will share with the world and also celebrate um, with God's global church and, and remembering our church family that is in places near and far. We also celebrate today, we have a staff member, William Burry, who's a member of our facility staff who is retiring his service with us. And so um, perhaps you um, recognize William on Sundays. He often helps both with um, setups and cleanups and just as an invaluable source of hospitality um, for this congregation during the week, but also particularly on Sunday mornings. And today is his final Sunday. So if you see him following worship today, um, extend a hand of peace and fellowship to him and thank him for all that he has done um, for this church and for us. Friends, let us go before a loving God in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Lord our God, you have revealed yourself to us as the one who wishes to bring about justice and peace among people. And so as we settle our hearts here with you, settle your shalom into our lives. As we pray, we remember and lift up to you all this morning who long for peace in their homes. And Eddie, for whom that peace comes at too high a cost. We pray for spouses and partners, children and sibling, friends and neighbors, and the daily conflicts that tear at the fabric of our belonging to you and to one another. And so instill in each of us kindness, patience, generosity, and love as each of us has need. Loving God, we give you thanks for the presence of our young people in Montreat. Be with them as they travel and as they seek to grow in love for you and for one another. Grant them the courage to form compassionate and meaningful relationships and to be peacemakers in your world. Remember and celebrate with Matthew and members of our choir as they share your good news in word and song. Remind us always of the larger community of believers around the world to whom we are connected. God, as we pray for your peace, we ask that you would dwell within all who are weighed down by anxiety or fear or worry about today or the pressures of daily living 
and who long for your peace in their heart and in their minds. We pray for any whose hearts are heavy with loss, or all who are weighed down by illness or physical struggles. Grant each well-being of peace in mind, heart, and body. Loving Lord, we pray for places of division and conflict in our common life and instill in us a common passion for the common good. Help us to be attentive to your voice in our lives and be ever more ready to listen to one another. God, we also ask for your abiding presence in places of war and conflict, in places where any struggle daily for daily bread. Instill in us your people division to be bold and caring in our time and our place. And help us to join you as co-creators of a world that longs for justice, freedom, and peace. And God, hear us now as we are bold to pray the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, God grants us the courage to be bearers of Christ's peace in the world through our time, talent, and treasure. So our Every Dollar Counts offering, which is all of our $1 bills for the month of July, will benefit Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, which is a ministry of the PCUSA that offers support and care to churches and communities that are affected by catastrophic events and crises. Anytime a disaster happens, PDA is one of the first organizations to respond and to provide sustainable and long-term health and care. All of their work is done as a witness to the gift of being a connectional church with the peace of Christ. Another opportunity to give over the next several weeks is to bring uh, supplies for our annual school supply drive that supports the teachers and staff at McShan Elementary School. You'll find lists of supplies in your pew racks and in the atrium. So let us give to a good and gracious God.
thanks, O God, for you are at work in your world. As we open our hands to offer these gifts, we open our hearts to offer ourselves. May your blessing multiply in this and every place until all know the glory of your love and the blessing of your peace. Amen. by the brokenness in our world, for all things break, even our relationships, and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So as you go out into this world, love intentionally, love extravagantly, love unconditionally, for the broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 